You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What White Sox fans, Mothership Podcast number 106. Can you believe it? Hey, if you're looking for the most intelligent, most fun, hottest takes, most diverse, just overall most fabulous White Sox podcast out there in the world, what are you listening to me for? No, I'm just joking. This is the group. It's always a great crew on the Mothership Podcast, so get ready for the rockin'est rock steady beat of the Southside Sox Podcast. Got four guests with me. Who knows who may crash? Because after all, the White Sox swept the series. I can imagine the doors are going to get broken down by other White Sox, Southside Sox, writers, podcasters, folks about town. Hey, guess what? We got people here. The uh, question I'm going to ask as the round table, let's associate some voices, names, people, answers. Okay, sweep. <laughs> Good news. Sweep. <laughs> the cold shower reality check versus the Detroit Tigers. So the question is, beginning with one half of the Indianapolis field office and Crystal O'Keefe is, is this hot streak? Is this real? Or is it a mirage? Are the White Sox back, Crystal? It's the Tigers, so it's only half real. Mirage-y. Okay. Uh, Adrian Serrano, going to bump it up to you. 
talk to me real mirage um it's i mean it's real when it comes to playing against the tigers and the royals like this is a bad division and we all knew it was a bad division but when we talk about the white Sox potential to win the division we love to mention how bad the division is but when they beat bad teams in the division we tend Mm -hmm. not to try to talk about how bad the division is Mm -hmm. but yeah, this is a triple-A team. Uh, the Tigers have lost basically their entire starting pitching staff. And uh, I think the, they had a position player pitch today for the fifth time this year. <laughs> fifth, <laughs> the fifth time a position player has pitched this year. <laughs> I, could be, I could be wrong. It's fun when the, a third of the game is, is uh, staffed by position players. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. Okay, he couldn't go to this game because it was in Detroit. I mean, he could have gone. He could have driven. He could have, you know taking the bus, flown, whatever, walked, hitchhiked. He didn't, though. I don't think. I don't think he was there. Dante Jones, though. Nevertheless, I need to know, is this hot streak? Is this swept series? Does this mean the Sox are back, or is it just a mirage? I mean, the hot streak isn't as hot as Chicago right now. <laughs> but, you know, it's the Tigers. Like the Detroit Lions for the Chicago Bears. It's always good to play Detroit. They will <laughs> always remind you that it could be worse. It could be worse somehow. <laughs> yes, it could. Oh, God. Yeah, no kidding. Perspective. Can you imagine being a Detroit Tigers fan right now? Oh, my gosh. He uh, logged a fair amount of Detroit Tigers series coverage. It's Zach Hayes. And Zach, being real close to the action, tell me, is uh, this sweep, does this mean the White Sox are back? Or is this sort of still a little mirage I, before I go into that, I just have to say that as, as much as fun, it is fun to make fun of the Detroit Tigers now, how does it feel to have won like six division titles and gone to the World Series twice since the last time we were there? Uh, well, you know, Fair enough. <laughs> get our licks in while we can. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Hey, hey, you know what? Fuck it. They're back. Let's say it. You know, okay. We're, we're, we're all in. Um no, I mean this is their this is their chance to you know get on a real hot streak. It doesn't mean it's you know it's the Tigers. It doesn't mean they didn't play well. You know, I mean both two things can be true at once. They played really well, and the Tigers are not hard to play well against. They just have to take that momentum into the next few series and actually do something with it. I mean, yeah, uh, you got a lot of divisional games left. It's. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it's promising because the bar has been so low to this point, but at least, you know, they've been on the verge of being dead for a little while and they're not quite dead yet. There is still time and they do still clearly have a little bit of that dog in them, as they say. So um, it's, you know, you can't extrapolate all that much from it, but, you know, I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. You know, it's just start getting acquainted. It's just start. It's just our start of the podcast chat here. You know, it's not. It's not science. Nobody's going to fact check. Although, if somebody does, it could be Super Joseph Reese's completing this complete sense around stereo experience of the Indianapolis field office. We're going to wind up this opening question with Joe. Uh, you tend to be a little upbeat on the White Sox. You feeling good about this, or uh, a little skeptical? I'm thrilled with the way that they played this series. I'll start with that. Uh, I, in terms of the Big picture, I am still a little bit skeptical. They did have that excellent series against Detroit to open the season, I guess. Although I guess that wasn't a sweep, but that they still did. That series at the beginning of the season did still give me a lot of positive vibes, um, even though they had the one loss on opening day then. Um, yeah, Detroit, they're just really not playing good baseball right now. So I, I would tend to lean toward this being more on Detroit than the White Sox right now. And I would need to see a little bit more from the White Sox before I'm completely sold that they're back, but I'm very happy with that. The series went the way that it did. Yeah. 
You can check me on the numbers here, Joe, but if if we actually got to count, should have sweeps, should have swept as wins, uh, White Sox, I think, would be in better shape right now. Unfortunately, yeah, we can't do that. Opening day, wow, it's a, it was a harbinger, I guess, it of... It is worth pointing out that uh, this is the second time they've scored double digits this year, both against the Tigers at Comerica and probably the two highest points of the fan base's like <laughs> optimism after those two games, that April 3rd game. And then this game are probably the high points of optimism of the year so far. And as me and Zach have discussed in between that, in between those two games, three games where the White Sox scored nine runs, all three of them, they found a way to not win. Uh, so let's reverse that White Sox. Okay. Speaking of numbers. Hey, that's what you come to me for. That's the only value I provide to these podcasts and usually in convoluted fashion. Hey, <laughs> what a 13, nothing game will do for run differential. White Sox are now projected to win more than 70 games this year. They are now looking at a 71 and 91 record. So things are looking up, man. Uh, run differential down somewhere into the thirties, uh, 20.8 percent chance of the playoffs uh 0.5 that's one percent one half of one percent chance of winning the world series so things aren't all that rosy yet but let me just throw this out uh generally speaking because because i think adrian you just referred to the fact that oh man everybody's got some good vibes now right the white Sox are back everybody's happy they're gonna go to the world series but and as silly as that seems yes it was detroit whatever um you know there's something to be said about just you know, this isn't a numbers thing, but, uh, you know, just the, the good vibes of it. You know, Yaman Khan, I think, pretty much said it's just great to, to get a game like this under his belt. It starts to wear on you when things aren't going well. I'm sure he's not the only guy who said something like that post game or during this series. Is there something to be said, even as they fly into the teeth of maybe their last tough stretch of the season on the schedule with Houston, Toronto back to back away and home? Uh, is there something to be said of just feeling better about yourself? I, it was pointed out that we think Lance Flynn might have been like the heart and soul of this team. He came back and morale was high again. So I think noticing that players are coming back or, or kind of building that confidence and then just finally saying enough is enough and getting in there and fighting again, I think that's, that's good. And it was nice because you saw, you know, Jose Brady was building his little fort today and like, they just seemed like they were in better moods. So I think if they can keep this like weird optimism and fun and fight going, then they aren't going to have any issues. And I think it makes everybody else feel better when you actually see them smiling. So I like when Andrew, Andrew Vaughn squatted at least temporarily. I don't know if that was during a, a Brady at, at batteries on deck. I like when he stole it and was eating his seeds and, and all that. That was fun too. And Lucas and Michael Kopech were like throwing sunflower seeds oh yeah i was like guys how about the left hand do we need to throw they were all just having fun i mean yeah it was a blowout but like they feel like they're kind of back in the groove again with this series i think everyone mentally needed this series yeah anything to take your mind off the fact that it's like 120 degrees in the dugout or could be uh all right other thoughts uh good vibes is going to carry the white Sox through into houston and even like let's say just steal it steal one or three games you know, going in, probably not likely they're going to sweep or maybe you win two, but you know, do you, do you steal a game just by feeling good about it? Well, the way I feel about it is hopefully a good vibes lead to us doing better in these two series against playoff, if not world series contenders, potentially 
because good vibes against Detroit are nice, you know. <laughs> it's always nice to beat up on a team in a division. But I'd rather go to Toronto, beat Toronto two out of three. I'd rather beat Houston two out of three. Because remember, Houston beat us in the playoffs. They embarrassed us. They showed the difference between World Series and a team that can win a division year after year. I mean, hey, at least we're better than Twins. And the fact that we, you know, won a couple games, I mean, won a game in the playoffs this year, last year. But that means nothing when the Twins are still ahead of us in the standings. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, I think it's good for guys like, you know, the pre-mentioned Yohan Moncada, who's been struggling a bit and pressing and just having bad luck. I think his BABIP was down around like 133 or something, just like some ungodly number that is impossible if you actually tried to have that bad of luck on top of struggling and pressing. Um, I think it's good for guys like that for sure. Um, but I don't think we can really expect, uh, you know, multiple hits from Josh Harrison and Sevi Zavala in a game at the same time again, you know, in the next couple series with some better pitching. Any One of my least favorite things. Oops, sorry. No, go ahead, Zach. No, uh, I'm in agreement. No, One of my least favorite things that baseball nerds say is that there's like momentum is not real. Like that's just not mm-hmm. true. It's, it's funny. It's like Gordon, it's, but Gordon Beckham spent that entire road trip saying some different variation of, well, you know, you just got to have a good thing happen and then you feel good and then other good things happen, which, you know, sounded kind of <laughs> silly because he, you know, has not broadcasted very long and is still uh, learning the many, many different tricks you learn to articulate the same idea uh, a lot of different ways. Uh, but there's there's truth to it. And, you know, you can't go on a winning streak without starting somewhere. So, you know, if this lets them feel good, if this makes them feel good, then, you know let that be the case and look it's not like they would feel better if they had lost three in a row so it's not like that would have done anything for their performance if we're being honest in, in my opinion so uh yeah yes yes it's a good thing yeah zach good point just because you can't statistically like you know um uh approve uh, clutch let's say that also doesn't mean there's nothing to it i mean it's not this is not a it's not like a zero-sum thing yes yeah, it's some the truth is somewhere in the middle it's probably not exactly bacon's opinion because <laughs> whether or not he could express himself very well i mean i'm sure he's a little bit too hyped on what that means uh but at the same time yeah you can't just yeah i guess you can't just nerd it and say no it doesn't exist i can't see it i can't prove it it doesn't exist that 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 can't be uh all right joe again i expect that you're gonna feel that the the, the good vibes can be real but uh what happens when they face real pitching, a real team, a team that wants to keep, you know, Dante's referring to, want it, they put the White Sox down last year. They want to keep them down. For sure. Uh, yeah, they, it's, it's been obviously, uh, typically they have crumbled, you know, against good pitching um, this season pretty consistently. And um, yeah, the, I I am a believer in momentum, and um, I, I do think that it, yeah, it never hurts to kind of have a more a higher sense of confidence. Um, I, I I am still bearish on their of their chances of of um, you know winning either series against um, you know in, on, on this uh, road trip coming up, but uh, or sorry, against yeah against um, Houston, I, I'm still um, you know. Uh, a little bit um, skeptical that they're that you know the good vibes will lead to you know success in that series, but um, yeah, it 
absolutely can make make a, a difference. Not sure how big that difference is, but um, yeah. Um, and um, I, I like the um, Crystal's point about you know Lance Lynn kind of maybe um, getting you know a, more of a an energetic reaction out of out of perhaps the the team as a whole because yeah that I I think yeah maybe that little you know argument he had with McEwing um, sparked something who knows um, but I could see that being possible. Believe me, I'm glad he's back, but it does. It smells a little kikely when you give up 10 hits and you're, and you know, and, and you're like the heart and you're the guy barking the deck out. But listen, White Sox need to need something. Even it worked even for Keiko once. I'm sorry to associate the two. I'll never do it again. Let's take a break. We'll be back to talk about yeah, something good, maybe something not so good as, as every White Sox podcast goes. We'll be back with 106 in just a minute. Hang with us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans. Brett Valentini here, lucky enough to host yet another one of these with this great group of people from Southside Sox. That's the site you're reading. That's the site you're listening to. And sometimes that's the site you're even watching. White Sox have won three straight games. It's happened a couple of times, two, three times already this year. So it's not unheard of, but boy, for a while there, it was seeming like it just might not ever happen again. So let's discuss the schedule. I think the White Sox, obviously we knew going into the season, which is why we all said they'd win at least 90 games. Some of us just 90, some of us 100. Uh, because the, you know, you cannot ignore the division. It's still an unbalanced uh, schedule and the White Sox uh, in theory, <laughs> theoretically should benefit from that in 2022. They have played a, you know, it's, it's undeniable. You don't have to look at the numbers to know they've played a very difficult schedule and it's, and the skew is only getting crazier after this next week. Uh, it seemed like a couple of weeks ago came out. The White Sox have like a, I don't know, like 470 winning percentages are playing against the rest of the year. Now it's gotta be lower than that because they're, they played, a fair amount of good teams here in this two-week stretch. So it's not a cakewalk, but the White Sox have benefited from the fact that they're still within five-ish games of first place. They're now, uh, again, they're basically still flirting as they have been all year, flirting with 500. It seems like they've taken a hit. They've played awfully. Maybe the opponents have a little to do with that, but they've played poorly, not to their expectations, yet they're still close enough to the surface to still be breathing. And now for the next two-thirds, the final two-thirds of the season, not a cakewalk, but have they managed to take the tough shots from this schedule? And are we due for what seems like maybe more of a water slide of a, a second two-thirds of the season? It, it could. Can you see this team just really taking off? Uh, maybe not even still without playing as good as we think they can, but the, there are going to be a lot more Detroits on the schedule to come. When well, my thing like is, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So my thing is, um, earlier today I was listening to another podcast by the wonderful Scott Lewis of Barbershare's Network, and he says something really good, like, about the White Sox that's, like, good in a concerning way, but it's a good point. Uh, the White Sox have multiple people on the team that, are like, are either everyday players or at least at one point were in the rotation five days a week. I mean, you know, every fifth day. 
that are people that I look at and I say, we should DFA them. They need to go. Championship level teams don't usually have that. Good teams kind of have it. So even though in the theory of many, 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 many White Sox fans, I'm sure they're thinking, oh, it's about to be easy. But I'm looking at the schedule right now, and the upcoming games are three in, three in Houston, three at home against Toronto, three at home against, four at home against Baltimore, which is going to be the nice little break in between good teams. And then we get three against the Angels, who aren't playing good, but still have Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and a plethora of very good baseball players. So it's not quite there yet. I need to see them perform against good teams before I even care about potential wild card scenarios or potential playoff scenarios. We don't need to look at who we could face in the playoffs. We have to look at potentially getting to the playoffs. So Dante's called me on and said, prematurely saying the White Sox are not going to drown. Uh, other thoughts? Because it's a good point. I mean, the good good news is they play this Tigers team 11 more times. It's <laughs> <Yes, that's laughs> like, first thing that makes, I mean, but that also really pulls down that uh, winning percentage of your opponents that you're playing going forward. Um, you still have a lot of games against Cleveland and Minnesota, and they've been as hurt as you have been uh, mostly. Um, so, you know, you don't know what team you're going to play by the time those games start to show up, you know, um, if one of them makes a move or something. Um, I think you kind of are going to know a lot about what's going to happen in this season, I think, by the midway point. I think they got a couple tough uh, – you end, I think, up with Minnesota and Cleveland kind of back-to-back going into the All-Star break. And I think by that point, after this stretch, you're going to kind of know, and regardless of that schedule, because until this three-game sweep, like, this is, I think, their highest point now for, like, against under 500 teams or, like, five over – <laughs> against right. under 500 teams right. now because of this three game sweep. So like right. they haven't really been killing yeah. bad opponents either. So yeah. um, it's not really anything's a gimme, but I think you'll, depending on where it looks at the midway point, I think that's going to decide how excited I will be for the second half. Like I'm not taking anything at this point right now because, you know, everybody is just so starved for good play. Like we're, you know, trying to build a statue of AJ Pollock the last couple of days. And this guy is still like negative 0.3 war F war on the season and the worst uh, fan graphs rated left fielder defensively. And like, I'm glad he's had a couple of multi-hit games against kind of some crummy teams, but like, let's settle down on like, you know, like this guy is being paid 11 and a half million dollars. Like you're expecting more than just, you know, creeping up on zero, you know, F war. So See, the White Sox win three games in a row and the host gets really high. Thanks for pulling me down, guys. Okay, uh, c- continue. Pull me back down into the water and, and make me swallow a little bit more. What, what's, what's going on with this team and how excited are we about the, the pending, it's not here yet, the pending turn of the schedule? I still am excited about the schedule. And the way that you put it about uh, they have a lot of Detroits left. Like, I mean, yeah, they, they've had a lot of good experiences against Detroit. So, I mean, that... I, I know that their splits against teams above 500 versus below 500 overall haven't been dramatically different, but I don't think that will continue throughout the season. I, I think we'll, we'll start to see some separation there um, as, as the season goes on um, and the sample size gets larger. And uh, um, yeah, um, they, it, yeah, it is, 
important to note that like, yeah, a lot of times it's not who you play. It's when you play them. So maybe they'll be facing a bad team that's in the middle of a hot stretch. Um, so that's, that can be a little bit unpredictable, but overall, like, although like, yeah, this next, these next couple of weeks, you know, between Toronto, um, Houston, um, you know, the, the angels as well. Um, it's not, um, the, you know, the, it's still this the cupcake part of the schedule hasn't gotten here yet, but uh, you know, I'm overall like looking at the final in three and a half or so months. Um, very, yeah, I'm I'm still optimistic about that, and it's even slightly better than we've been saying as far as remaining games against Detroit. They still have 13 left um, of those, so um, yeah, lot, lots to look forward to um, in 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 that in that regard. Crystal and Zach, you've not been successful in resigning for the coverage for the rest of the season. Uh, you will be covering a significant amount of it. How are you feeling about the ride toward to the finish line? You know, it's, I feel um, very, oh, I don't even, I feel like I'm on a crazy train right now. Because <laughs> I, do. I admittedly go into Slack when they're down bad and say, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> I feel like I'm at least once a week I say that <laughs> and you won't let me quit. Nope. <laughs> um, which I think is incredibly rude. It is. Um, but then there are days like today where, you know, Zach and I had coverage today together and it was fun. And we were like playing off of each other. Cause Zach was like, Oh, I'm going to quote crystal with the taming of tigers. Like we had fun and I didn't want to quit today. So again, it's just, it's like a crazy train where sometimes it's fun. And sometimes I'm like, Brett, I hate you. I'm leaving. Don't call, don't text. Trust me, not more than I hate myself. Chicago White Sox 2022. Don't let Crystal quit. Okay, Zach, you, 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 you feeling, you feeling upbeat? I mean, I'm, I'm semi excited for the second half and the next two thirds of the season for a number (laughs) of reasons. And the schedule is not really one of them. I honestly, I, I don't, think it matters all that much you know if Aloy Jimenez comes back and puts up a 140 OPS plus it's not probably not going to be because of the schedule I think uh I mean that being said if you know the division comes down to a couple games which it looks like it very well could then schedule could make a difference as far as like team performance though it's I don't know by looking at I almost don't really want to think about it because I feel like we're starting to fall it almost makes us fall into the same trap that many of us did before the regular season mm-hmm. where it's like okay Lance is back and Tim is days away from coming mm-hmm. back and Eloy will be back sooner or later provided he doesn't need like a 16th rehab assignment uh and then but like you know what the health isn't guaranteed and we saw for the first third two you know two and a half months of the season is that when you run out pitchers like Velasquez and Keuchel and what the general depth options and Jimmy Lambert on this team have been it's really easy to lose games to the Royals and to the Orioles and to bad teams so you know if some of that stuff doesn't get addressed or if injuries start cropping up again I'm not sure it's going to matter because I mean, if there's any, you know, the takeaway that most people are having from today's game is, okay, well, you don't get to face Alex Fajardo every game. You don't get to face position players for three out of, you know, for a third of the game most of the time, but all the time. Uh, I, I would think the bigger takeaway, honestly, is that getting eight scoreless innings out of Vince Velasquez and Davis Martin, as interesting as, as Martin looks, is probably not something to expect, even against bad teams in, in the future. So I'm, 
I'm looking inward, you know, I'm trying to I, one, one game at a time, one series at a time. I'm not really concerned with the strength of schedule in August is right now. Um, I, I do want to note, by the way, before my time is up, absolutely diabolical hosting move on your part, Brett, by uh, comparing Lance Lynn to Dallas Keuchel for a second before mm-hmm. instantly cutting to an ad before, mm-hmm. you know, the volcano could erupt in your face. So just mm-hmm. wanted to acknowledge, you know. You know, it's been 106, and I'm not good at it, but maybe better than number one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, they, you know, they, I'll stick with it. They have the same amount of White Sox playoff wins. <laughs> Getting spicy! <laughs> uh, real, uh, and real quick, like, back to, like, the biggest thing I'm I, I'm going to double up on with, uh, with Zach is, like, I don't care about the strength of schedule because all that matters is what we've been talking about the whole year. Like, just play good against the mm-hmm. Twins and the – guardians that's all that matters no tony punting those games no pretending that doesn't matter it's not every game matters the same like no like whoever wins this division would be the fourth place team in the al east like Mm -hmm. just win this division that's your own that's your way to get in so like take those games more seriously like i'm fine with that yeah (laughs) yeah the white Sox did not think they were gonna have to crawl over cleveland and minnesota to get there they figured they were just gonna be oh yeah come on into the empty room you finally showed up let's play a game and uh, now yeah the the yeah the turntables have turned for sure um Okay, uh, you know, I said uh, negative and positive. So let's talk about something that is curious. And I think this has been a bugaboo for Zach in particular, but probably all of us, uh, Adrian as well. Uh, The strange management of injured players. Um, Michael Kolpec is not going to throw 150 innings this year. He hurt himself. He He felt his knee pop. Thankfully, it apparently is just fluid. He is able to pitch as soon as Sunday. I don't know if that's that's changed yet, but clearly he's not uh, injured per se. But he's a guy who's going to need breaks. So now, because they're carrying him for a week until he might pitch Sunday, uh, the White Sox are, they seem consistently, <laughs> voluntarily undermanning themselves pretty much game after game. And I know this is a game that every team has to play it just doesn't seem like the white Sox are playing it well am i wrong and i'm just trying to finally not be so high on this team and and get angry by the end of this i think tony just doesn't realize that you can actually put people on the injured list when they are injured and that you can get other players to come up and take their place. But Crystal, I, Crystal, that's where the adults in the room have to take over and step in, though. I mean, yeah, because technically, like, that's Rick Hahn's job. So I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but like, if there was ever a conspiracy theory, I'd believe where Rick Hahn's trying to sabotage Tony, like, this injury IL situation is kind of one of those, like, because he's kind of hung him out the dry a few times. Like, you know, Kopech's got to miss time. Just put him on the 15 day, let him miss two starts. And, you know, we got Lance back and uh, Vince Velasco's back. Like, you have enough starters. Like, I don't understand why you even like they're playing this like NFL coach secret strategy game. That's what Tony is doing. That's kind of annoying to me. Like, will Liam pitch today? Will he not? I don't know. Like they don't care about that. Like just go win the game. Like they're not waiting in to see if your closer is going to be available or not. Like that doesn't affect their game plan. Yeah. Zach, I think you literally have referred to, uh, upper body and lower body, uh, 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 the double speak of uh, the National Hockey League uh, in all of this. This is foolish, right? And Lord knows, let's hope this isn't a matter of undermining. If Rick Khan is choosing, no matter how angry he is about having to have hired Tony LaRusso, if he's so upset about it, he's trying to undermine this window by goofing around with this. Oh, gosh. All right. We're bringing the mood down. Uh, Zach, 
thoughts you want to chime in here on, on what's going on with these injuries? Cause it seems like they're just blowing opportunities to, to run out 20, uh, 26 uh, player roster. Yeah, I think uh, there's two things. I think usually I have zero things going through my head, but two in this case, um, uh, the first is that I just, I don't really want, it's one of those things where I'm not going to attribute to like malfeasance, what could be otherwise attributed to just being stupid. Um, you know, this is an organization that has proven it has really no coherent and consistent overarching philosophy when it comes to pretty much anything. You know, they're very, they're understaffed. They don't have much of an analytics department. Who the hell knows what's going on with their training department, you know, their athletic training department, as we've seen. I mean, we have pretty, pretty people who would be considered kind of experts on injury patterns, you know, and I'd go follow Derek Rhodes on Twitter, who's saying like literally builds dashboards for baseball prospectus to track injuries. And he says, he's saying there's, there's something going on here. This is like, you know, far, far too many similar like lower body tissue injuries for it to be a coincidence. Uh, So the long story short there is that this organization doesn't know what they're doing. So I'm prepared to say there's, that's one part of it. I think another part of it and, you know, live arms is better than, you know, injured arms in the pen, but going from, I'm looking at the AAA Charlotte pitching staff right now and going in order of games pitched. So this is the most games pitched to the fewest games pitched. These are the ERAs. It's a five, six, three, a five, nine, oh, a five, three, oh, 1.66. Zach Muckenhern, come on up. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got a seven twenty, a three seventy nine, a six sixty five, a seven Oh six, a seven eighty eight a 675 and a 687 you're saying that won't play there are no there are no good pitchers in this organization beyond what we have in the major league level more or like close to the majors and that's it's really a double-edged failure i i think and oh gosh it's just west, west benjamin come back from korea yeah it's uh it's it, it is it is rough um hey let's do a speed round here if if you don't mind friends um and we can end um, silly because the rest of this has been very serious. Um, just a day or two ago. Yeah. Listen, seriously, Crystal, you know, if we were going to applaud the White Sox for so many years of, of being the best, the healthiest organization for like a decade or more, boy, they need to be hammered twice over. Uh, well, they're acting hammered twice over, frankly, uh, for, for what's going on now, as, as Zach pointed out, uh, Ozzie Gian doesn't like exit velocity. He thinks that people call uh, home as if they call home after games, call home after games and say, yeah, I did really well. I was over four, but I hit the ball hard four times. Like you should be ashamed of that. Um, I suspect I know what the answers are, but Hey, everybody, how do you feel about exit velocity? How do you feel about hitting the ball hard? Adrian, would you be embarrassed to call home after a game and say, geez, I have mo for four, but I hit the ball hard four times. I mean, they just, they used to have a term for it. It was just called a hang with them. And like, you would know, Hawk would talk all the time about like, oh, he's got bad luck. He hit it right on the screws, but right at somebody like, we just have a way to quantify this now. Like, I don't know why. I think this is, don't ever trust a coach, a former coach to be unbiased about another coach's performance. And then about clearly what is the reason that he doesn't have a coaching job is because he doesn't believe in analytics and they're not going to let that fly anymore. A manager with an an ex manager with an agenda. I love you, Ozzy, but man, oh man, you are you are eminently, eminently quotable. Uh, Crystal, embarrassing to hit the ball hard four times, but not get on base. Um, I mean, no. This is what I say in little league baseball all the time. Like, hey, straighten it out, buddy. You'll get it next time. Like, I'll go home and be like, hey, uh, my kid had four great hits. 
maybe he got out, but at least he did something. And I always say, I'd prefer you strike out swinging because at least I know you tried. Like, I don't think that's embarrassing. If, if a Jose Abreu wants to call me and say, Crystal, guess what? I hit the ball hard, really, like really hard four times today. I'd be like, good job, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really proud of you. So Ozzy can. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that sweet clink of the aluminum bat, and just know, all right, you got you got that feeling. You don't have that that that, that crazy vibration in your hands. Uh, Joe Reese's embarrassed if you hit the, hard, the ball hard four times, but have nothing to show for it. That is not embarrassing, and <laughs> yeah, the White Sox need to be looking um, at managers who don't really have ties to the White Sox. I think um, <laughs> I think is a something we've learned. Um, a lot about it lately <laughs> yeah we have uh dante you're hitting the ball hard four times but they found gloves how you feeling i mean i'll put it like this you hit the heart the ball hard good things usually happen like even if it finds a glove it means that you saw the ball you saw mm-hmm. where you're supposed to hit mm-hmm. it to it just happened to land in the wrong spot i mean also speaking of exit velo Aaron, it was Judge. Aaron Judge sent the baseball to the moon the other day. It was 120 miles per hour. It was beautiful. That means, like, if I could get that anytime has somebody hits, like, every time somebody hits the ball, it's not going to go out of the park. But the harder you hit it, the further it'll usually go. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, Zach, uh, throwback to your, your own college career. Did you call home after a game? Uh, in tears or mumbling when you hit the ball hard four times. I mean, I was a pitcher, so I mean, I gave up my I gave up, up enough hard hit. Okay, ball. yeah. Like, so, were you crying when you heard all that crack of the uh, bat? I I would not, but I you know if I had a three thirty eight career slugging percentage like Ozzy, I you know he probably did have <laughs> space to write home bat anyway. So um, that being said, if I had whatever is, give me a few sips of whatever the hell is in you know Ozzy's cup just off of camera on you know the NBC Sports Studio, and I'd probably say some shit like that too. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because Zach, as a, oh, as a pitcher, you could uh, have a guy go over four, but if you hit it four times really hard every time, you're like, oh man, I got lucky four times. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not feeling I, good about it as a pitcher. I partied. I was like, I did not deserve <laughs> yeah. that. I, mean, I usually I gave up hits hard enough that it didn't matter. They found and they found they found grass anyway. So, but you know, if that happened, I wasn't. I was not about to be up there talking shit about like, ha ha, you got an out. I'm about to be like. Also, it's so hard. They broke through the webbing. Uh, okay. Well, um, Hey, that, that makes one, two, three, four, that makes six of us NBC sports, Chicago, who could probably do a more honest job though. I know you won't call us because you're taking the Fox news approach to sports commentary. Anyhow, I'm Brett Ballantini lucky enough to spend a little bit of time, half hour with these five Friendly folks, Adrian Serrano, the full Indianapolis uh, field office of Joe Reese's and Crystal O'Keefe, Dante Jones, and former pitcher Zach Hayes. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back with you sooner than you think, especially if the White Sox keep winning. It could be nightly. Bye.